Blog Talk Radio. Radio show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day. And as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a huge success. Ladies, I pray that you had a beautiful, beautiful weekend, and now you are ready on this new week to have a week of productivity, a week of ingenuity, and coming up with new ideas and ways that you are going to market your business and share with the world who you are and what you do. Of course, all this month, during the month of September 2021, our theme is Habit Power, the True Keys to Your Success. Now, you know, it's so important for you to take notes this month because this is such a pivotal time. Here we are in September, and then, of course, we have, we are about uh, four and a half months out from the end of the year and moving on into 2022. So it's so very important for you um, to really consider how your habits have a huge role in your success, both financially, right, and in every other way. So we chose the book Atomic Habits because of the strength and the content and the wisdom in this book. And so, of course, if you have not picked up your copy of Atomic Habits, you definitely uh, need to do so. Don't wait another moment. There's uh, still time to follow along with us as we um, are looking at the different aspects and facets of habits. Uh, throughout the month. Also, make sure you go back and listen to some of our previous broadcasts as well. So again, I'm so excited that you're here today, and I'm excited because today we are going to be talking about, you know, habits of uh, successful female CEOs. I'm going to share with you some of the habits that successful CEOs have in common. And, you know, again, you want to take good notes on this, and you want to be asking yourself as I discuss these habits later on, you really want to be asking yourself, you know, is this some, is this a habit that can enhance what I do already? Uh, is this a habit that I need to have? Is this a habit uh, that I should have had all along and I need to immediately uh, schedule time this week to to implement and start working on building that positive habit up? Also, as we read an excerpt from the book Atomic Habits, I'm going to be reading from Chapter 3, How to Build Better Habits in Four simple steps. Again, how to build better habits in four simple steps. And of course, uh, the author, James Clear, he shares four steps of habits, things that we need to know about habits, and 
you know, really how we can start turning things around um, for life-enhancing habits that's for ourselves personally and for our business. So stay, definitely stay tuned to that. Of course, I'm going to be sharing with you as well the five questions of business leadership. Never before have these five questions meant more than this month as we talk about habits and what you need to be doing to strengthen yourself as the CEO. So very, very important. And then also, I want to talk to you today a little bit about time management. Uh, I've spoken on time management several times before on the show, but I just wanted to remind you of a few things about time management that you need to keep in the forefront as you work uh, to focus more on yourself, okay? And so I'll be talking about that in just a little bit. Uh, But for right now, let's go ahead and go over the five questions of business leadership. Again, we're going to be going over the five questions of business leadership. Question number one, have I prepared my mindset for success? Again, have I prepared my mindset for success or for greatness? That's really a very, very important thing. I want to talk about that because, and it really is about have I prepared my mindset for greatness. That's the actual uh, words for the question. I want to talk for a minute about what mindset really is and why it is so very, very important and why a lot of the times um, we don't understand how mindset really plays a huge role, first of all, in our success. So again, our mindset is really built up of our our thoughts, our actions, our beliefs, our emotions, um, our habits. Our mindset is made up of all of those things. And the one thing that's so very, very important is to understand that what we allow ourselves to be exposed to plays a huge role in our mindset, what we believe, the habits that we form, all of that. So this is why it is so very, very important to guard your mind, to pay close attention to what you are allowing in your mind every single morning. And this is why it is so important that each morning you prepare your mindset for greatness because you should be the first person that's impacting your mindset every single morning. It should be you. Nothing else should be coming into play and impacting your mindset. It should be you that's giving yourself encouragement and motivation. It should be you that's customizing affirmations and reading positivity into your mind. And I think that's very, very important. You know, in the past, there have been uh, several individuals that have been against positive thinking, saying positive thinking isn't a good thing because, you know, if someone's going through something, they can fool themselves into thinking that it's so right when in actuality things are not right, and it can set them up for a big fall. So here's the thing. That's, to me, a, a whole nother ball game. That's the difference between being realistic, right, and living in a false world. That's a whole nother subject. Uh, where positivity uh, versus what's really happening in your life is concerned. But for the purpose of encouraging yourself, positive thinking is very vital. You know, who wants to 
Who wants to think negatively? Think about it. Who wants to think negatively? Who wants to say, I'm not going to make a a million dollars. I'm not going to, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not that. No one wants to think that. And no one should think that because God allows us to be the, you know, the architects of our lives. He allows us uh, to create our own success blueprint. And so therefore, uh, I am just 150% in on positive thinking because it does indeed work. Nobody wants to go around thinking negative or should go around thinking negative about themselves or about their desires of the things they want in life. And it's just too many times that we all get caught up on what other people are saying, um, but we are not testing and trying things to see if they really work. And so when it comes to your mindset, uh, you better believe that positive thinking is vital. And you need to understand that you should be the first one putting something positive in your mind every single day. Ask yourself, what beliefs and habits do I need to support my vision and my goals? And what personal development should I be working on based on my goals for this month? And am I creating affirmations that are customized to myself? Again, ladies, remember, we can get motivated and encouraged by a lot of of people, and, and we should receive that type of motivation and encouragement, but there is no better motivation and encouragement than your own self, you know, um, than creating your own custom, customized affirmations, than encouraging yourself, because you know you better than anybody else. That's the bottom line of it. And so preparing your mindset is vital. It's important that you recognize your own personal power and that you have the ability to take yourself mentally to a whole new level of thinking and being when you invest in your own mindset. Here's number two. Are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and goals? Of course, we've been talking about um, habits and and creating successful habits all this month. And, of course, one of the biggest things that you need to understand about beliefs is that beliefs first come into play from your actual habits, right? So here's the thing. There are positive and negative habits. Positive habits enhance your life. They they lift you to another level of life um, successfully. And then negative habits take away, right? They don't enhance. And so what you need to understand is that our subconscious mind does not determine that something's a negative habit and therefore we need to kick it out. It absorbs like a sponge, positive and negative habits. And so this is why we have to be very careful about the people that we allow ourselves to be exposed to, who we're listening to. Um, You know, uh, we have to be careful about the environments that we expose ourselves to because that exposure Exposing ourselves is something that we need to pay closer attention to when we're trying to achieve another level of success, right? And so your beliefs about who you are or your beliefs about business, about your abilities to be a good CEO, your beliefs about your abilities to generate income, those things are vital. 
and must be in alignment with your vision and your goal. This is why for every new thing that you're doing, you should probably always ask yourself, what beliefs do I need to have to support this new idea, this new thought, this new concept, this new goal? Is, is, do I have current beliefs that I need to strengthen in order to support what it is that I want? Here's number three. What do I want to accomplish by this Friday? This is kind of like a goal or a statement that's broken down all the way all the way to the week, right? But really what you need to understand is that planning requires you to plan as, as a, a successful businesswoman. Planning requires you to plan on an annual basis. That means for 12 months, you have identified your, your goals, your marketing strategies, your, um, you've identified how much money you'd like to bring in for the year, and then what you're doing is you're determining all of the actions that need to be implemented in order to accomplish those goals. You're prioritizing them, and you get to do that. You, you're the one that determines uh, which ones you want to work on first, and then you divide it by quarters and then by month, and then the months are divided by weeks. And so when that question, uh, which is number three, what do I want to accomplish by Friday, when you ask that of yourself, it should be based on what are the goals you should be working on for the month. And then, therefore, you know what you should be working on for the week and what you want to accomplish, right, and uh, and to contribute to those monthly goals. And so that's very, very key. So everything has something to do with a trickle-down and a drill-down, right? And so this is very important. Three things that you really need to keep in the forefront of your mind as you're looking at what you do want to accomplish are, are marketing, sales, and generating leads. Those those three things are very, very pivotal when it comes to uh, looking at and evaluating, you know, whether or not you're doing what you need to do to accomplish your goals, right? And then number four, how can I be an asset to my business? Again, how can I be an asset to my business? And these are some things that um, I think you need to be thinking on about this question. Am I being an ambassador? Am I letting people know who I am and what I do? Am I finding ways uh, to get the word out there, such as uh, being interviewed on blogs, uh, being being a, a contributor to articles on other people's websites, giving free webinars and teleseminars uh, so that people are exposed to me and I can build up my credibility in the minds of others who may need my product or my service? Am I seeking out new collaborations? You know, Am I making sure that I'm keeping up with the times? Am I trend watching? And am I finding out who the real players are uh, in my industry? and who the up-and-coming players are because I may want to collaborate with them. Uh, am I leading my power team? And again, a power team is a collective group of individuals that are providing needed services to you when you need them. But at the, the touch of a button or at the click of a, a mouse or at the touch of, of your finger on your smart device, you are able to pull up your group of power team and call them at any time that you need them and activate whatever project or task it is to accomplish your goal. And then last but not least, number five, am I investing in myself and my business? Again, am I investing in myself and my business? You know, there are two things 
actually three things that I think are very vital when it comes to looking at, you know, actually spending your time, investing your money. Uh, That is health and wellness. I think that's very, very key. Marketing and advertising are, are pivotal to your business. And then there is personal development and coaching. Those three things are things that you need to really look at investing. These are things that are going to lift you to a whole nother level. So very, very important. And so there you have it, ladies, the five questions of business leadership. Now, as a side note, I want to remind you that as you ask yourself these questions, These are questions that you really need to delve into. So don't just sit there and say, oh, that's a good question, that's a good question, and shake your head in agreement to these questions, because that's just one level of of understanding. Take it to another level by not only asking yourself these questions, but whatever answers you come up with, those answers are going to tell you and help you to measure and evaluate how good you're doing in the in the area of those questions. And so you may have to go back to the drawing board. You may have to do some planning. And this is so very, very important. So again, I want to remind you of these things. I want you to really, really embrace the five questions of business leadership. And um, they are going to really help you to hone in on improving yourself as the owner. Remember, anybody can be a business owner, but what you need to be striving for is to be the right kind of business owner, CEO, for your particular business. It is 12.17 after the hour. I want to welcome everybody to the Successful Woman Radio Show. So very, very excited that you are here today with us and that you are um, really interested in habits. I've had a lot of people to email me on the subject of habits, people uh, saying that they are having a lot of aha moments, that they're recognizing that um, that they have some habits that's been holding them back all along and that they really need to be working on it. So I'm very, very excited to see that people are having some, some breakthroughs and that people understand that it's really our habits that is the largest key and factor to our success. Yes, we could do better planning. Yes, we could use more operational capital for our business. You know, yes, we could use uh, more people on our power team and people to help us do a lot of different. But at the end of the day, it's our habits that will lead to all of that. It's our habits as an effective CEO that will make things happen. And, of course, today we're going to be talking about habits of successful female CEO. We're going to be talking about that, and I'm going to be sharing with you some of those habits that uh, I have seen that successful women who own businesses have in common. Uh, I want to remind all of you that are on the show today, don't forget to flash over on another line or to, you know, Post and quickly post in your social media feed uh, to join us on Successful Woman Radio. Uh, if you have a pen in hand, the show phone number is 347-637-2589. Again, 347-637-2589. We still have room on the, on the dial-in board. So, of course, uh, you can quickly flash over on another line and have an, another associate of yours join us as we talk today about uh, habits of a successful 
female CEO, okay? And and, and this is really going to be good, and so I don't want um, those people who have been praying for some answers, who have been uh, possibly people that you know that have been hoping to be brought into a positive environment where the words can permeate in their mindset and really help them uh, have some aha moments. So let's bless the lives of some other women. Let's flash over on another line and say, girl, look, get on this Block Talk radio show just for 15 minutes or so and listen today as Coach Trina talks about habits of a successful female CEO. Again, let me repeat the number, 347-637-2589, 347-637-2589. And again, love all of you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I want to also remind you that uh, we had quite a few people that scheduled Power Talks. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar with what that is, a Power Talk is a free 30 to 45 minute coaching session that I personally give. Uh, as a businesswoman, you can have one free one each year. Um, and what we talk about uh, is what you've identified as a challenge or you want to brainstorm on a business idea. You want to talk about ways to monetize your business. You want to talk about ways to enhance your business or to better grow your business. Then if you have not had your free power talk for the year, then, sister, you need to rush to womenaboutbiz.net. That's womenaboutbiz, as in zebra.net, womenaboutbiz.net. And right there on the homepage, just scroll down a little bit um, beyond the header, and you will see a uh, free Get Your Free Power Talk. Go ahead and get scheduled today. Don't procrastinate. Don't think that you have to be perfect and have it all put together. Just go ahead and schedule your power talk, and it's Experience the support. Experience the difference it makes uh, to have the support of a coach who's passionate about helping women to succeed and thrive in business. So again, get your power talk schedule. For those of you that are new to the show, hello, I'm Trina Newby, business success coach and founder of WomenAboutBiz.net, and I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Uh, I want to share with you what Successful Woman Radio is about and why it's a radio show that you should be marking down on your calendar. Um, Successful Woman Radio is about providing you, the businesswoman, with a positive environment where you can be motivated, encouraged, and inspired to create a successful life, generating the income that you desire, right? Uh, I provide information on how to grow your business. Uh, I pick engaging topics and subjects that are kind of like um, a teleclass in a way where you can uh, take these this information and you can write your notes and you can actually put it to work in your business right away. A lot of the information that I'm sharing, people are spending in hundreds and even thousands of dollars for this kind of information, and yet it is my desire to bring it right to the forefront of you. I personally have spent hundreds, and yes, thousands of dollars for master classes and programs that I have been in over the years. And when I put the information to use and I see that it works, then in my own words, I come back to you and I share from my wisdom of having implemented that information and I share it with you. And so this is, this is 
um, a program that's kind of a combinement of like a teleclass, interviews, uh, radio show, all put together to give you the information that you need. So one of the things I like to say is go ahead and mark this program, Successful Woman Radio, go ahead and marketing your radio for every Monday at 12 noon. Whether it's a holiday or not, we are here to provide you with information that you can put to use right away. And so again, thank all of you for being here today. I want to quickly talk to you um, about time management. Um, I have been um, dealing with a lot of time management issues myself and things that I had to go back and remind myself on. So I thought that I would share that with you as well. So one of the things I want you to remember is that, you know, I know we use the words time management, but in essence, uh, we can't really manage time, right? Time is a testament in our lives that we are here, we're living, uh, we are breathing, uh, we, we are able to experience this world as human beings. When you can recognize that, that you're in existence, then, then you are able to also recognize time, right? And so we can't necessarily manage time, but what we can do is we can manage ourselves. And so with that said, I want you to remember is that uh, it requires an, an effort and a commitment. And here are some of the things that I have allowed to, to fall through the cracks before uh, uh, on time management that I have been able to improve on. Uh, as I help others, I help myself. And so I want to remind you that in today's time, it really is very helpful to not only make sure that you are setting up reminders for yourself and also utilizing your time management calendar to actually plot out your activities, your goals, your tasks, your meetings. But you really need to have a time management system that allows you to, um, to be versatile. And this is why I use Google Calendar. So if you're still trying to figure out what you want to use, then definitely consider Google Calendar because it has not let me down. I've been using it for over 10 years now, and it is just a wonderful um, free resource that Google provides. And Google Calendar uh, it's very robust. Google in the recent years has added a lot of new features to Google Calendar. And so I encourage you basically just go on YouTube, put in how to use Google Calendar 2021, and you'll, you'll find a lot of wonderful tutorials on utilizing Google Calendar, and you'll be very, very surprised. But one thing I want to remind you of is that I have a process that I use in planning my, my events and spacing out my time on a calendar called Spacers. I call it Spacers, S-P-A-C-E-R-S, Spacers. And there are a few different spacers I use, but I want to kind of share with you a few of those spacers. So the first kind of spacer that I have is very important to me. It's called the admin spacer. So when I when I go ahead and I set up an admin spacer, 
spacer. It, it could be for one hour, two hours. It could be for half a day. But I might put that spacer from 8 to 12 or 8 to 1 if I need to have a lot of admin time. And for those of you that uh, do a lot of, t- of the tasks yourselves, and so many solo entrepreneurs do, um, Admin spacers are so very, very important. And the other thing that's important about having the admin spacer is you can if you say to yourself, I want to have from 8 to 1 p.m. as admin time, but you don't put it down. If someone else calls you and say, hey, are you available at 10 o'clock? Are you available at 11 o'clock? Uh, you look at your calendar, there's nothing there. So you're going to say yes and then forget that you had uh, – a, a spacer there, or you should have had a spacer there for admin time. So spacers are very, very important because they they really help you not to allow things to fall through the cracks, and they help you to better space out your time accurately, okay? So the admin spacer. Another spacer that I have is a personal time spacer. A personal time spacer, of course, is when you just want some time um, you want to you want some time to yourself. Uh, you don't have to necessarily list what you're going to be doing. You're just going to list personal time, but it's important because y- you need that time where you don't have to plan or, um, or be so formal about your time. You need that time where you just get to, to choose what it is that you want to do. But putting personal time down in your planner for a specific amount of time it could be hours, it could be a few days, whatever, is very, very key. Another spacer that I think is really important is called, I call it prep time, P-R-E-P, prep time. Prep time is a spacer that allows you to prepare for whatever engagement that you have, get your, that you're getting ready to come up to, whether it's a meeting, whether it is a um, you know, a consultation session and you're the consultant, or whether it is a, a PowerPoint seminar that you're getting ready to do, prep time allows you to prepare for whatever is coming. And so if I have a webinar, I, I often do a prep time about an hour to an hour and a half before my webinar. I block that time out because I don't want anybody to take that time slot, right? Um, and that allows me to go back over my webinar material, to flip through it and do a couple of runs before my actual webinar. Um, Prep time also helps for one-on-one meetings as well, Uh, gives you that opportunity to uh, perhaps go and look that person up on social media if you've never met them before, or it helps you to do a little bit of due diligence and research and learn a little bit about that person so you can be prepared. So prep time, again, it helps you to be prepared and make you feel better about what's to come, right? Very, very important. Another spacer that I use uh, that I think is important is called a travel block, okay? A travel block is when you are going to be leaving out of your home office and you've got to actually drive to wherever you're going, right? And this is a biggie because a lot of people uh, will have a tendency to schedule activities all the way up to uh, the time that they need to be somewhere else, uh, and then they end up being late because they did not schedule or put in a travel block. So here's the thing. If you have a doctor's appointment, for example, and your doctor's office is 30 to 45 minutes out 
from your house, then that needs to, there needs to be a travel block for 30 to 45 minutes, right? And to be honest with you, sometimes if you need to get, you know, if you need to uh, take a shower and prepare, and prepare yourself and dress yourself, then uh, not only do you need a travel block, right, uh, but you need a prep block. So you might have to schedule uh, two hours prior to the actual meeting. You may have to schedule two hours of time just to get yourself ready, get in the car, and go, right? And I think a lot of times, uh, especially business women, business women don't recognize that this is something that they really need to do. Um, and this will stop you from being late really well. Okay, this travel block is very, very important. So, ladies, there you have it. These are different types of time management spacers. Uh, these are that's what I call them. I've not heard anybody else mention spacers before, and I can't say that I'm the first to do this type of uh, technique. But what I can say is that it helps a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients tell me, I'm so glad that you shared the um, the technique of using spacers on my calendar. Uh, it, it has made a world of difference for me. And so remember, I just want to leave you with this. Remember, I always want to remind you that every Sunday evening, it is so very, very important to uh, look at your calendar and to make sure that all of your activities are supporting whatever goal it is that you're trying to accomplish for the week. And if it's not like that, then you've got to go back to the drawing board and make that happen, okay? Thanks so much for all of you who are packing in on the board and you are bringing more people into the show. Thank you so very, very much. I think we have just a few more spaces. And again, our whole theme this month is Habit Power, the True Keys to Success. And today, of course, I'm really going to be talking about positive habits of a successful female CEO. But before I do, I'm going to go ahead and deep dive right into our book of the month, Atomic Habits. And I hope that you guys have been reading it. You've gotten started on it. You're taking a yellow highlighter and highlighting areas that really give you an aha moment so you can go back and read that part again. I'm reading from chapter three, how to build better habits in four simple steps. The author says, in 1898, a psychologist named Edward Thorndike conducted an experiment that would lay the foundation for our understanding of how habits form and the rules that guide our behavior. He goes on to say that Thorndike was interested in studying the behavior of animals and he started by working with cats. He would place each cat inside a device known as a puzzle box. The box was designed so that the cat could escape through a door by some simple act, such as pulling at a loop of cord, pressing the lever, or stepping on a platform. For example, one box contained a lever that, when pressed, will open a door on the side of the box. Once the door had been opened, he says, the cat could then dart out and run over to a bowl of food. Most cats wanted to escape as soon as they were placed in the box, he said. They would poke their nose into the corner, stick their paws through openings, and claw at loose objects. After a few minutes of exploration, the cats would happen to press the magical lever. The door would open, and they would indeed escape. Thorndike tracked the behavior of each cat across many trials. In the beginning, the animals moved around the box at random, but as soon as the lever had been pressed and the door opened, the process of learning began. Gradually, each cat learned to associate the action of 
pressing the lever with the reward of escaping the box and getting to the food. After 20 to 30 trials, this behavior became so automatic and habitual that the cat could escape within a few seconds. For example, Thorndike noted cat number 12 took the following time to perform the act, 160 seconds, 30 seconds, 90 seconds, 60 seconds, until it got down to seven seconds that the cat would actually be able to escape out of the box. During the first three trials, the cat escaped in an average of 1.5 minutes. During the last three trials, it escaped in an average of 6.3 seconds. With practice, each cat made fewer errors and the actions became quicker and more automatic. Rather than repeat the same mistakes, the cat began to cut straight to the solution. So from his studies, Thorndike described the learning process by stating behaviors followed by satisfying consequences tend to be repeated and those that produce unpleasant consequences are less likely to be repeated. His work provides the perfect starting point for discussing how habits form in our own lives. It also provides answers to some fundamental questions like what are habits and why does the brain bother building them at all? James Clear says a habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. The process of habit formation, he says, begins with trial and error. Whenever you encounter a new situation in life, your brain has to make a decision. How do I respond to this? The first time you come across a problem, you're not sure how to solve it. Like Thorndike's cat, you're just trying things out to see that to see what works. Neurological activity in the brain is high during this period. You are carefully analyzing the situation and making conscious decisions about how to act. You're taking in tons of new information and trying to make sense of it all. The brain is busy learning the most effective course of action. Occasionally, like a cat pressing on a level, you stumble across a solution. You're feeling anxious and you discover that going for a run calms you down. You mentally, you're mentally exhausted from a long day of work and you learn that playing video games relax you. You're exploring, 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 then bam, a reward. After you stumble upon an unexpected reward, you alter your strategy for the next time. Your brain immediately begins to catalog the events that precede the reward. Wait a minute. That felt good. What did I do right before? This is the feedback loop behind all human behavior. Try, fail, learn, try differently. With practice, the useless movements fade away and the useful actions get reinforced. That's a habit forming. Whenever you face a problem repeatedly, your brain begins to automate the process of solving it. Your habits are just a series of automatic solutions that solve the problems and stresses you face regularly. As behavioral scientist Jason Reed writes, Habits are simply reliable solutions to recurring problems in our environment. As habits are created, the level of activity in the brain decreases. You learn to lock in on the cues that predict success and tune out everything else. 
when a similar situation arises in the future, you know exactly what to look for. There is no longer a need to analyze every angle of the situation. Your brain skips the process of trial and error and creates a mental rule. If this, then that. These cognitive scripts can be followed automatically whenever the situation is appropriate. Now, whenever you feel stressed, you get the itch to run. As soon as you walk in the door from work, you grab the video game controller. Um, a choice that once required effort is now automatic. A habit has been created. Habits are mental shortcuts learned from experience. In a sense, a habit is just a memory of the steps you previously followed to solve a problem in the past. Whenever the conditions are right, you can draw on this memory and automatically apply the same solution. The primary reason the brain remembers the past is to better predict what will work in the future. Habit formation, the author says, is incredibly useful because the conscious mind is the bottleneck of the brain. It can only pay attention to one problem at a time. As a result, your brain is always working to preserve your conscious mind. Isn't that incredible? Whenever possible, the conscious mind likes to pawn off tasks to the non-conscious mind to do automatically. This is precisely what happens when a habit is formed. Habits reduce cognitive load and free up mental capacity so you can allocate your attention to other tasks. Despite their efficiency, some people still wonder about the benefits of habits. The argument goes like this. Well, habits make my life dull. I don't want to be a pigeonhole myself into a lifestyle I don't enjoy. Doesn't so much routine take away from the vibrancy and spontaneity of life? Hardly. The author says such questions set up a false dichotomy, making you think that, you know, you have to choose between habits and attaining each other, and attaining, I'm sorry, let me, let me just stop that, and attaining freedom. In reality, the two complement each other. Habits do not restrict freedom. They create it. And I want you guys to remember that. Uh, and I want to repeat that because it's true. Habits do not restrict freedom. They create it. Even if you are trying to lose weight and you say, I, I don't want so much restriction on myself. You know, I don't want to eat a certain way. I just want to do it. I just want to be free to do it. Well, whatever you're being free with is still going to create a habit, right? So you have to understand that habits don't restrict freedom. They create it. In fact, the people who don't have their habits handled are often the ones with the least amount of freedom. Without good financial habits, you will always be struggling for the next dollar. Without good health habits, you will always seem to be short on energy. Without good learning habits, you will always feel like you're behind the curve. If you're always being forced to make decisions about simple tasks, when should I work out, where do I go to write, when do I pay the bills, then you have less time for freedom. It's only by making the fundamentals of life easier that you can create the mental space needed for free thinking and creativity. Conversely, when you have your habits dialed in and the basics of life are handled and done, your mind is free to focus on new challenges and master the next set of problems. 
Building habits in the present allows you to do more of what you want to do in the future. And I hope many of you listening have saying, are saying, aha, I get, I get what the author is saying, right? The science of how habits work, the process of building a habit can be divided into four steps. Cues, craving, response, and rewards. Breaking it down into these fundamental parts can help us understand what a habit is, how it works, and how to improve it. This four-step pattern is the backbone of every habit, and your brain runs through these steps in the same order each time. First, there's the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. It's a bit of information that predicts a reward. Our prehistoric ancestors were paying attention to cues that signal the location of primary rewards like food, water, and sex. Today, We spend most of our time learning cues that predict secondary rewards like money and fame, power and status, praise and approval, love, friendship, or a sense of personal satisfaction. Your mind is continuously continually analyzing your internal and external environment for hints of where rewards are located. Cravings are the second step, and they are the motivational force behind habits. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. What you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state it delivers. So very, very important. The author says cravings differ from person to person. In theory, any piece of information could trigger a craving, but in practice, people are not motivated by the same cues. For a gambler, the sound of a slot machine could be a potent trigger that sparks an intense wave of desire. For someone who rarely gambles, the jingles and chimes of the casino are just background noise. Cues are meaningless unless they are interpreted. The third step is the response. The response is the actual habit you perform, which can take the form of a thought or an action. Whether a response occurs depends on how motivated you are and how much friction is associated with that behavior. If a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you are willing to expend, then you won't do it. Your response also depends on your ability. It sounds simple, but a habit can only occur if you are capable of doing it. If you want to dunk a basketball but can't jump high enough to reach the hoop, well, you're out of luck. Finally, the response delivers a reward. Rewards are at the end of every goal and every habit. The cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward. We chase rewards because they serve two purposes. They satisfy us and they teach us. And that is beautiful, right? And so, again, um, I'm going to stop right there, and I want you guys to really go over Chapter 3. I want you to take a yellow highlighter, and I want you to highlight um, the four the four areas. I, I think that's so very, very important for you to do that. And so, again, um, the author, James Clear, calls it the habit loop, and it's the process of how uh, habits work in the human mind. First, there's a cue. Then there's a craving, then there's a reward, and then there's a response, and it loops over and over again, okay? So remember, this is why you have to understand that our environment, our experiences, and everything that we do expose us um, to new habits, 
right? Very, very important. So let's go ahead and end here. And again, if you have not picked up your copy of Atomic Habits by James Clear, then what's waiting on, girl? This needs to be in your success library like yesterday. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to go ahead right now, and we are going to be talking about, you know, positive habits of successful uh, female CEOs. You know, what what is it that you can do as a CEO? And why do I say successful female CEOs? Because, you know, hey, we are in the female species of the human world, right? We are female. We need to be embracing that. We need to be loving that and happy that we are female. And so we have a lot of strengths that men don't always have, right? Not saying that they don't have it, but we have our own strengths, our own set of strengths. And so, again, uh, I am going to be sharing with you some habits of successful female CEOs, okay? So let's let's talk about the CEO, uh, known as the chief executive officer of the company, um, which we term it with the acronym CEO. This individual is responsible for ensuring that her company's vision and goals are carried out by making high-level decisions that will enhance the company's growth, creating and leading a power team of qualified individuals to provide services and resources, help her manage daily operation, and, uh, if necessary, provide the sales force to her company. Um, also, as the CEO and carrying out her vision and her goals, her responsibility is to develop a strategic plan serve as the ambassador of her company, and keep a watchful eye on the company's spending habits. So being a, and being a small business owner, even if it's you just being a solo, this still puts you in the position of being the CEO of your business regardless of how much money is coming into your company. This means that the company must be a priority in all that you do on a daily basis if you want to accomplish its vision and its goals, which is so very, very important. And what I want to say to you right now is that have, I want to ask you the question, have you actually embraced yourself as being the chief executive officer of your company? Um, this means that you have, have accepted the full responsibility for whatever goes on to your comp- in your company, regardless of who is working under you or performing various tasks or managing various projects, you have accepted the full responsibility as being the CEO. And so as such, it's important for you to understand that you must hold your business in priority. Many of you birthed your business idea, you you came up with it, you nurtured it, um, but some of you have abandoned your um, role as CEO of your company, and I, I have to just be very truthful with you on that, right? Because sometimes we have the habit of uh, taking flight and running away from challenges and things that occur in our businesses, uh, and then we get the ideas to start some other kind of business or do something else. We're always running away from instead of embracing the issue, tackling it head on, and then building positive habits to handle it. So I want to share with you some some habits of successful CEOs. First of all, the first thing a successful CEO has, that habit, she has the habit of staying committed to her company. 
She knows that she is responsible for the success and, and operations of her company, and she is fully committed not just to being the CEO in words, but she is fully committed to being the CEO in thought and deed as well, okay? She's committed. That's number one. And that's, I think that's very, very important. Uh, number two, the CEO has a successful habit of knowing what generates her income. She knows how to evaluate her service and product ideas. She stays in touch with her clients and frequently surveys them to ensure she's on top of what they want. She, she stays in touch with that. Okay, and then number three, the successful female CEO attracts others to what she has because she's the ambassador of her business. She represents her company at events and meetings and speaking engagement. She finds ways, and I want to point that out. She finds ways to get in front of potential clients and customers. She develops partnerships or alliances to further grow her company's bottom line. So she, she has made it a habit of being the ambassador so much so that it's automated. It's automatic, right? And then number four, the successful female CEO communicates with her tribe. And I think this is so very, very important um, because communication is key. And how does communication happen? Uh, she could communicate through a podcast. Uh, she can be communicating through one-on-one -on -one conversation. She can be communicating through uh, teleseminars, through webinars, through Facebook Lives, through YouTube videos, um, uh, through weekly um, communication emails. There are so many different ways that she can communicate to her tribe or the individuals who follow her, who are interested in her uh, business type or her business industry, right, or who are interested in her because she has built up that much credibility, but she communicates to her tribe consistently, non-failing, and it has become automated. It has become automatically, okay? Here's number five. She strategically plans on a 12-month basis. This means that she has automated strategic planning. For example, I have a lot of clients now um, who I have coached and I have shared the, um, the, you know, the, the power that strategic planning has. And every August now, they have it in their calendar to strategically plan their business for the, you know, the next year, where they're headed. They start planning early. And many of them tell me that it's the it, it, it has really helped them to double their income, to triple their income. So strategic planning is not just for large corporations. It's not just for big businesses, but it is for the solopreneur, right? It doesn't matter uh, how big your company is. What matters is that you have built the habit of strategically planning out your business for a 12-month period, and therefore it allows you to, number one, it allows you to properly measure and evaluate whether whatever you have in your strategic plan is working. And if not, it gives you that cushion and that time to, to tweak it or eliminate and replace, right? And then it also allows you 
to really just say, hey, I want to make, for example, $250,000 this year. That's what I want to make. And so, therefore, I am going to uh, back up to where I am now and figure out uh, the services and or products that I need to have to, to, to contribute to that $250,000. I'm going to also figure out um, the actions and the tasks and the projects that need to be implemented in order for me to accomplish that financial goal. And then I'm going to figure out, you know, the marketing and um, all of the different things that I need to be doing in that category to, to attract people to what I have to offer. And so, therefore, I want to generate this many leads every week. I want to increase my sales closure ratio. You see how that strategic planning works? And so strategic planning has to become an automated habit. And that I know for a fact most successful female CEOs that are generating high six- and seven-figure incomes, they have that 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 habit down pat. They know the importance of strategic planning because it gives them a reward. At the end of the rainbow, they have um, the amount of money that they wanted to make or even more at the end of the year, okay? So it's very, very important, and you need to understand that, right? The successful female CEO in number six, they automatically um, determine the skills required to lead their company. So in other words, they recognize that there are going to be certain skills that they need to actually develop in order to run their company properly. And so therefore, they have a habit of automatically determining and identifying new skills that they need to uh, work on in order to lead their company. That's number six, okay? Um, then number seven, the successful female CEO, without a doubt, knows the importance of visioning goals and a task. They know the, the, the interdependency that those three things have on one another. Again, visioning, goals, and tasks. The successful female CEO, she, she runs her business. She guides her business and her life off of those three things, visioning, goals, and tasks. She knows without those three things interdepending upon one another that nothing will get done. And so, therefore, she holds true to them, which is so very, very important, right? Here's number seven. The successful female CEO knows the power of having a follow-up system. So she's built a habit of follow-up. She knows how important it is, and so therefore she has a habit of creating follow-up for every process, for every business concept and project that she does. She automatically has a follow-up system for that, okay? So there you have it. You have Seven habits of uh, a successful female CEO. What you going to do with it, ladies? What you going to do with it, my sisters? So it's important for you to understand, as we read in Atomic Habits, that habits give us freedom. They don't restrict us, but they give us freedom. It is a part of our mental capacity. And here's the one thing that I can give you unequivocally, 100%, you should know that whether you like it or not, you're going to have habits. You can try not to, but it's impossible because if you are a normal normal 
thinking human being without any mental issues, you know, any any mental impairments, right? Um, you're going to have habits. So you can forget thinking that you don't have to have habits. You already have them. That's how that's how you're listening to me, right? You already have habits. So why not control the habits you have by creating habits that support the success that you want in your life and your business? Well, that's all I have for today. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed it. Again, I want to welcome all new um, listeners of the show, and I want to remind everyone to go ahead, if you have not uh, registered for your free Power uh, session at Women About Biz, you need to visit womenaboutbiz.net and you need to schedule your free Power Talk session. You can find it right there on the homepage. You don't even need to go anywhere else on the site. Just scroll down midway and you'll see free Power Talk. Make sure you mark Successful Woman Radio every single Monday at 12 noon Eastern, right? Just don't depend to get a reminder about it. Be responsible marketing your calendar as a recurring um, event that you want to be a part of. Again, I want you guys to have a productive, I want you to have a a life-changing week. Develop your habits. Change your habits, change your wealth. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.